chapter 2, I will read one verse. Scripture says, take us the foxes. Then it tells us what kind of foxes. The little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Take us the foxes, the little foxes. I want to preach tonight for a little while from the subject, little foxes never stay little. Little foxes never stay little. Amen. Lord, thank you for your spirit that we feel. Thank you for the sweet touch of your spirit. God, I really feel that the spirit wants to minister to people and to strengthen people and to help people. I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost in this place. I pray that you would have free course and liberty. We give you glory and praise. And everyone said amen. Lord bless you as you're seated in the presence of the Lord this evening. Little foxes never stay little. In speaking to the children of Israel, Moses made a declaration that spans many generations, even to the day in which we live. Verse number 4 of chapter 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all, somebody say all, thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. He continues, put these words in your heart. Teach these words to your children. They're more than just words. You, got, you have to understand the meaning of these words and how they apply to the child of God. And in essence, what Scripture was saying was, if, if you give God your all, in turn, he will give you his all. Give God your love, he'll give you his love. You give God your thoughts and your imaginations, and he will then govern your thoughts and your imaginations. But, but you can't just give him a little bit. He said, I, I want all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul. This is why in Jeremiah 29 and 13, Scripture says, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. The common words in these verses is the word all. God's desire was and still is to have all of our heart, to have all of our mind to have every fiber of our being. He does not want to play second fiddle to anything or anyone. Deuteronomy 6.15 says, For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Please do not make the mistake of saying, well, that was just the Old Testament. No, no, no. God doesn't change. And if this is how God feels in the book of Deuteronomy, then it's still how God feels in the day and age in which we live. God has not changed. If Scripture says he was a jealous God back then, 
and that you should have no other gods before you and that you should love the Lord thy God with all your heart and soul and might, then it's still true today that he's a jealous God and that he wants to be God of everything. He wants to be Lord of your mind. He wants to be Lord of your heart. He wants to be Lord of your household. He wants to be the Lord of everything. That same covenant that he made with Israel in the Old Testament. I've quoted the scripture many times in Hebrews 8 and 10 where he says, I'm going to put my laws into your mind and write them into your hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. My friend, I stand today as a a preacher of the gospel to give you a reminder lest we forget the magnitude of the moment. We need to remember the day when we brought our trash and God gave us his treasure. We need to remember that we brought our past and God gave us a future. We brought our shame and God gave us a smile. We brought our sin and God gave us his spirit. The Bible says he will beautify the meek with salvation. I'm thankful for the day that I walked out of an altar full of the Holy Ghost. I walked from a past and I stepped into a future. If you believe it, clap your hands unto the Lord. Please keep in mind that the purpose of God being our all in all, is not that he acts as a tyrant or a dictator. God is not so concerned every day about saying, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. God, God's, not, God's not trying to exercise rule over us every day and make us robots and and respond to his every whim. But let me tell you why God wants us to have a relationship with him. That we should bear fruit. John 15, 16 says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit not just fruit, but that your fruit should remain. The product of a relationship with God is fruit. You don't judge someone's spirituality by their attendance. You don't judge it by how much they give. You don't judge it by their pedigree. Let me tell you how God judges a person's spirituality. Are they bearing fruit? That's Scripture. This is what he says in John 15, 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, Ye can do nothing. Nothing. Fruit is indicative of a relationship with God. Fruit, not gifts. 
Let me, let me explain something to you. An alcoholic can walk in off that street and smell like whiskey and all that other stuff. He can walk up to this pulpit, open up this Bible, read Scripture, preach from this book, God, fill people with the Holy Ghost, and he can walk out and go pick up the bottle. Now, God moving is not approval of the man. It's approval of the word. Because God has obligated himself to his word. God has bound himself to this word. That word, God God will not violate his word. That's why you have people out there in the in the in in the world, and you got all kind of all kind of preachers out there doing crazy things, and God still moves. You know why? Because he said, I'm obligating myself to that book right there. It don't matter who reads it, it doesn't matter who says it. It doesn't matter how they're living. God says, I'm literally bound. If somebody says Jesus can heal, he says, I got to show up because I promised it in my word that I have to be there. But we have to be spiritually mature enough to understand that God's not approving of that person. He's approving of this book. If you're not careful, you'll get disillusioned. What does Scripture say? Scripture says that there's going to come a day that people are going to say, well, Lord, I did this in your name. I cast out devils in your name. Raised the dead and healed the sick and all of these things. And God's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. But God, I did all this stuff, and I'm just going to ad-lib. God's going to say, hold up. I honored my word. I didn't honor your lifestyle. God's going to honor his word. But what, what is indicative of a relationship with God is not gifts, it's fruit. If you said, which one would you rather, preacher? I'd rather fruit. I don't care if God ever used me in the gifts. If I could have fruit... That means i got a relationship with God. God can rest on a donkey and use him in the gifts. Don't get, don't get sidetracked to thinking that the, the gifts is what God approves of. The Bible says the gifts of the calling of God are without repentance. Somebody can walk away from truth and still operate in the gifts of the Spirit and be lost. Once, once a man learns how to operate in his gifting, he can go walk the way of the world, and he can still operate in his gifting. God's not going to take his gifting from him. I know people right now that I don't know what they believe, but I've literally seen them pray for a lady whose one, one leg was shorter than the other, and while her legs were up, he had his hands at her legs praying, and I literally watched the le- other leg grow to match the length of the, of the other leg. I watched it, but he don't know what he believes. He's a chameleon. He'll preach whatever you want him to preach. People getting healed all over the place. 
that doesn't mean that he's living a life that's pleasing to God. We are called as Christians and children of the Lord. Jesus said that I am the vine, you're the branches. You abide in me and I in you. And when, when the relationship is right, the byproduct is you're going to bring forth much fruit. In our quest to bear fruit, it's not the big things that hinder us. It's usually the little things that trip us up. The seemingly innocent things. That which on the outside looks like you have it under control, but if you don't handle it now, it will grow bigger than you ever thought it can get. Scripture says, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. There's fruit there, but there's something jeopardizing the fruit, and that's the little foxes. Listen to me. Just because it's little does not mean it's not lethal. Little things may seem insignificant, but they could do a whole lot of damage. The atom bomb was a small object, yet brought the nation of Japan to surrender in just a few minutes. A flea is very small, but enough of them can kill the largest dog. A termite. Once again, is very minute, but it can destroy the largest of homes if it's ignored. Little things can do a lot of damage. This is why Scripture says in Galatians 5 and 9, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Just the smallest of leaven can mess up the whole entire thing. See, we like to focus at times on what we're doing right in living for God because it makes us feel good. But if we're going to be saved, we also have to look at what we're doing wrong. Because when you get to heaven, you're not going to be able to say, now, Lord, look at this big, long list. Look at all the things I did right. What about this list? Well, yeah, I didn't do too good over there, but God, look at this list. And God's going to say, this ain't the list I'm worried about. This isn't the list I'm worried about. This is the list that's going to keep you out of heaven. It's not fun, but we're not in this for funsies. We're in this to be saved. We're in this to make it to heaven. So if we're going to do it, we got to keep in mind that the little foxes that are hindering us will not stay little. If I could, I would freeze my children at two years old running around in a diaper. That was my favorite time of, of, of children. Was I just loved it. But they keep growing. And the bigger they get, the more expensive they get. If we could, puppies are the cutest things. We would freeze them like that right there. 
but they keep growing. And the little foxes that you're letting eat away at the fruit in your spirit, they're not going to freeze at this big. You know what's going to happen? They're going to keep eating fruit, and they're going to keep growing. They're going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's the little times that you were offended that it's going to turn into big offenses. It's the little times, the little seeds of bitterness. The Bible says it's going to take root and it's going to begin to spring up in your spirit. It's the small sins. Well, well, it's not that big of a deal. It, it ain't hurt nobody. I didn't hurt nobody. It's not about that. It's about if you let them linger and eat away at the fruit, they're not going to stay little anymore, and they're going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. When Achan hid the Babylonian garment and the silver under his tent, he was hiding what he didn't want people to see. If there was nothing wrong with it, he'd have left it out. We only hide what we know is not right. We only cover up the things that we know we shouldn't be partaking of. My friend, the best thing that we can do today as children of the Lord is to say, God, before I leave this place, I don't want a little fox, and I don't want a big fox. I don't want any fox in my heart. I don't want anything eating away at my fruit. But I want you to be Lord of everything in my spirit. I want you to be my all and all. If you don't address the little foxes now, it's harder to get them under control when they get bigger. Children, when, they, when they're little, they talk back and people say it's cute. Children, when they're little, they use bad language and people think it's cute. Children, when they're little, they dance and they shake and they gyrate and people say it's cute, but one day they grow up and it stops being cute. Where's the line? When they're little, we think it's funny. But when they do it when they're older, it's not funny. The man that sat at the gate called beautiful all of his life, he was at church but not in church. He was around the temple but they never could get in the temple. He never got to experience the fullness of what it was like to enter into the joy of the Lord. And if you look at why he could not move, it was his ankles. It was something so small, yet it stopped him from getting into the place God wanted him to be. And there's people that the one thing stopping them from getting to where God wants them to be is not something big. It's something small. It's the small things that are hindering people's walk with God. And my friend, if you do not address that small thing, one day that small thing will devour you. 
There are people not living for God today. Because somewhere along the way, something happened, and that little fox started eating their fruit. And as they kept living, the fox kept growing. And the the fox kept eating their fruit until finally the fox devoured them. The thing that they weren't willing to deal with, the thing that they weren't willing to tackle, the thing that they thought, I got this under control and it's not that bad. They didn't realize how fast it got out of hand. They didn't realize how it devoured them to where now they're not even in church today. This is why Scripture says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. The things that come so slowly and so gradually that we don't realize that they're there. The hardest part about losing weight, Brother Jamie, this is just me, this is nothing uh, This is nothing deep, but the hardest part about losing weight is losing weight. That's the hardest part. I, I admire these people that can just lose weight so fast. I, I've, I've, you know, these people, I just can't gain any weight. I eat, eat, and eat. I look at them and say, I've never had that problem. Are these people that say, I got to bring all these clothes to Goodwill because they're just too big for me anymore. I've never had that problem. If I ever got rid of anything, it was because it was too little. Let me tell you, what's so amazing is how slow you put it on. And when you look back and you're like, man, I'm a little carrying a little more weight than I once was carrying. I was 50 pounds lighter when I got married. 50 pounds. Now, if I'd have woke up the day after my wedding and I was 50 pounds heavier, I'd have known, I would have known we have a problem. Something in right. But it didn't happen like that. You know how it happened? Apple pop tart. blueberry Pop-Tart, and a glass of Pepsi. A little bit at a time. You know what I'm talking about, where you just, and all of a sudden, a little snug. And that's how it is in the spirit. You pick up an offense here, and it's not a big deal. Oh, that didn't bother me. I really, I, I believe the opposite of what people say. If they say, that didn't bother me, interpretation, it bothered you. Oh, I, they, didn't, they don't get to me. You probably didn't sleep last night because they got to you. Because people have a way of speaking what they want you to believe instead of what, the, what it really is. We don't want nobody to to think that they got to us. Nobody's going to get one up on me. You know what that is? That's pride. That's pride. You know what Scripture says? Scripture says, if I know my brother has all against me, I need to wait on him to come to me. 
No, because there's people that's still waiting. Something happened 20 years ago, and they're still waiting. Something happened 10 years ago, and they're still waiting. It's not what Scripture says. Scripture says, if I know that there's something between me and my brother or sister, then God's not going to hear my prayer at the altar. He's not going to take my gift. I leave my gift at the altar, and I go to that person, and I make it right. It doesn't say I go to that person, and I start saying, you did me wrong. I'm ticked off at you. That might be what you think. That's not what you say. You know what you should say? You know what, brother? You know what, sister? I feel like there's some tension between us, and I'd like us to sit there and talk it over and pray about it and get the air clear. You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at what happens if you go talk to that person instead of talking to everybody else about that person. You know what you do when you do that? You become a fox killer. You start killing foxes that are trying to get your fruit. You take over those things that are controlling you, those things that are controlling your mind. You see, little things can alter your destiny. Little things. In 1815, Napoleon was about to defeat Wellington at Waterloo. And in fact, he did defeat him. In speaking to one of his generals, he made the arrogant remark, we have no possibility of defeat. Napoleon had 72,000 men and 246 cannons. Wellington had 67,000 men and 156 guns. They were way outnumbered. Charging headlong into their troops, they overtook Wellington, signaling what seemed like a sure victory. Had it not been for one little thing. In those days, when troops would overrun an opponent's cannon, they would take headless nails and drive them down into the touch hole, making that cannon useless. And one of Napoleon's troop members asked him, where are the nails? They went into battle with guns, horses, swords, lances, and artillery, but they forgot the nails. So once his troops ran over the other troops, the ones that were not dead that remained on the, of the enemy, realized that they didn't put nails in the cannons. So they simply grabbed the cannon and turned them around, and they began to fire at Napoleon and all of his troops that had run through them. And they took victory over Napoleon that day because they forgot something so small. And there are people in living for God that are faithful to church. They're faithful in the altars. They're faithful in their giving. They're faithful in all the areas that, that we think matter the most. And that's not what's going to get them. But it's going to be a little fox that they thought wasn't a big deal. 
Because little foxes never stay little. Stand with me all over this building. So preacher, how do you deal with little foxes? Well, I read of another story in Judges chapter 15 when Scripture says that Samson caught foxes and he took firebrands and set between their tails. In essence, he got so much fire going that the foxes were running because of the fire. And Scripture tells us that our God is a consuming fire. You know what I think the best thing for you to do is? If there's things in your heart that you're, you're, you're harboring, if there's things in your spirit that you're, you're struggling with, it wouldn't hurt you tonight to let God get the fire of the Holy Ghost so strong in your spirit that it starts getting rid of all this junk in your life. It starts burning out unforgiveness. It starts burning out bitterness. It starts burning out all of the little foxes that you've let live there. When Saul was instructed by Samuel to kill all the Amalekites, Scripture says that when Samson or Samuel showed back up, that there was livestock that he could hear. And there was Agag, who was the king of the Amalekites. And Samuel said, Saul, what are you doing? God said to kill them all. All the animals, all the individuals. And he said, well, the people wanted me to spare them. We're going to sacrifice with these animals. And this is when Samuel said, to obey is better than to sacrifice because God knew it was a tainted animal and it was a tainted human. And, and, and Samuel, he said, I, give me your sword. And he took that sword and he killed Agag. Saul said, he's going to be my servant. But what Samuel understood was that once he was used to being king, he wasn't going to settle for being a servant. And Saul, it may look like to you, you got him in check. But he's used to being a king. And he's going to rise up. And he's going to try to exercise dominion over you. It wouldn't hurt us tonight to look at those foxes that we've left in our spirit, to look at those things that we've left in our heart and said, God, I can't have these little foxes living around. I can't have these things in my heart because they're eating away at my fruit. And God, my fruit is what is our relationship. Heads bowed and eyes closed all over this building right now. God is trying to reach for people in this place that you have let some things linger in your heart far too long. You have let some things go unattended to far too long. You have allowed some stuff to take root and God's trying to reach and give you an opportunity tonight to, to put some stuff under the blood and to let the Holy
Holy Ghost to work in your heart. Perhaps you're here and you have never experienced the power of God's Spirit. You've never experienced repentance. And speaking in other tongues as God fills you with the Holy Ghost, my friend, there is no fire like the fire of the Holy Ghost. There is no spirit like the Spirit of God. I'm opening these altars this evening. I'm inviting every single person. Would you come? Would you let God start something inside of you this evening? Maybe, maybe it's between you and God and nobody knows, but you have an opportunity tonight to let God work on your heart. I'm opening these altars for everyone, for whosoever will, as they begin to sing. Let God touch your spirit tonight.